This is Mount Pleasant Baptist Church, Atlanta, Georgia, a congregation full of life and love with a legacy of outreach ministries. Everybody's invited to church in person Sunday at 10 a.m. and online at mountpleasantatl.org. And now, the Mount Pleasant Baptist Church, Atlanta. grateful to be here at Mount Pleasant Baptist Church this morning because God has tasked me with this opportunity and I do not take it lightly so I had to sit down and slow down a bit from the week and I had to do some some searching and do some research I mean, I'm going to come to you with a familiar passage because I realized when I got the invitation after I'd accepted that Next Sunday is Father's Day. And so with it being Father's Day, I'm going to preach probably one of the most preached sermons on Father's Day, which is coming from the prodigal son, the story of the prodigal son. But my focal point will be Luke 15 and 20. Luke 15 and 20. So he returned home to his father and while he was still a long way off his father saw him coming filled with love and compassion he ran to his son embraced him and kissed him amen now as I stated that is my focal point but I'm pretty much going to be running around in Luke 15 if that's all right now the parable of the prodigal son is the third parable in chapter 15 of Luke. The parable of the prodigal son comes after two other sermons or parables, the first being the parable of the lost sheep. In the parable of the lost sheep, there was a shepherd that had 100 sheep, and he lost one. One wandered off, decided that he was going to do his own thing, and the shepherd left the 99 to go find the one. But then there was a second parable, which was the parable of the lost coin. And there was a woman that had 10 coins, each worth a day's wages, and she lost one of the coins. And she turned the light on, and she searched the whole house searching until she found the coin that she had lost. But here we are at the third parable, which is the parable of the prodigal son. And in this parable, Jesus, Jesus is telling this, actually, all three, in response to the Pharisees and the scribes. You see, Jesus was sitting down, he was dining, he was communing with a few people that had gathered to hear him. But these people were actually tax collectors and sinners. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees, or Pharisees and the scribes, they had an issue. They had an issue because here comes Jesus. Now, if you don't know, Jesus came into the town and he began to preach in the synagogues. He began to teach in the synagogues. And the Bible says that the people were amazed at his teaching because he didn't teach with the same 
lame authority that the other people did. Jesus came with a little more fire. Jesus talked like he knew what he was talking about. He talked like he believed in what he was saying and the people gravitated to Jesus where they felt like the Pharisees and Sadducees and the scribes were all just oppressors. And so they were looking for a reason to hate on Jesus. And they said, look at him with his high-minded self over there sitting and dining with the tax collectors and sinners. And these fellows considered these individuals to be untrustworthy. They weren't worthy to be in their company, let alone in the synagogue. And so Jesus came in town, starting trouble. And Jesus heard their mumblings and their grumblings and he responded with these parables. And in a parable of the, of the lost son or the prodigal son, he said, you know what? There was a man that had two sons. And his youngest son looked to him and said, Daddy, I want my portion of my inheritance. Now, if you don't understand the connotation of this asking, it was very disrespectful because if you know today's vernacular hadn't changed much, but if you're asking for inheritance, it means that daddy's not here anymore, which indicates in their time that, that I'd rather have you to be dead so that I can have your money. And so this arrogant and disrespectful tone was heard by the father, but the father did not respond in anger, he responded by giving him exactly what he asked for. He gave him exactly what he asked for, and then the Bible says that a few days later, a few days later means some thoughts began to run through the boy's mind. A few days later, the boy came up with a plan. A few days later, the boy realized that his plans weren't gonna happen in daddy's house, so he gathered up all of his belongings and he decided to go off into a far away land. Now this far away land indicates that this boy knew that everything that he intended on doing couldn't be done in daddy's house, so I need to get away from daddy's prying eyes and his covering. Because daddy's gonna try to tell me that I'm wrong and what I shouldn't be doing, so I'm gonna go ahead and honor my daddy and I'm gonna go ahead and leave, but I'm not just gonna leave the house, I'm leaving the whole country. Because if I leave the whole country, then nobody is gonna know me and I can do everything that I wanna do without anybody saying anything to me. So he went on to this far off land. The Bible says that he entertained some wild and, 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 and ruckus, some riotous living. And so he was over there just living la vida loca, living a crazy life, having all the high time that he could imagine. And so he's over there and he's splurging. I can imagine him going into the club and saying, man, all the drinks is on me. I can imagine him going to the local dope boy and saying, hey, man, go ahead and give me a fitness sack. Whatever it is, I, 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 I need for you to go ahead and get it. And you know that if people see you balling like that, then they're going to come and try to befriend you. 
And so they kind of, the users have shown up by this time and they've come around him and they, they, they're going to use up his drink. They're going to smoke up his weed. They're going to do everything that they can to get a piece of what this boy has to offer. But then the Bible says that eventually he got to a point where all of his money was gone. And you know that all his money was gone. And then on top of that, the famine showed up. And so I believe that this brother had friends until there was a famine. When the famine showed up, then all of those friends, so-called anyways, they began to disappear one by one, maybe in a whole chunk. And they said, oh, he ain't got nothing no more. I'm going to leave him where he is. And so this boy found himself destitute, left town, showed up in town with, with, with money, Showed up in town with arrogance, showing up in town as the, the big dude on campus, but, but now he didn't have anything left. And he needed to find a way to try to sustain himself. Because see, the reality is that he had taken a portion of his father's fortune. And he wasted it. That's what prodigal means. Extravagant living. Wasteful living. And so he wasted the opportunity could have went in and he could have invested his money, could have started a business in this new country, but no, he decided that I'm going to party up. I'm going to party like it's 1999 and I, I don't care who got anything to say about it until God got involved. Now see, the Bible says that the boy was so destitute that he went to a brother, a local businessman, and this citizen was asked by the boy, um, can you just give me some work, sir? Can you give me some work? And this man, this citizen, he was from the town and he knew that the boy was different, probably heard about this boy coming in, balling and such, but he also could probably identify that he was a Jew. And so with his Jewish heritage coming to a Gentile man asking for an opportunity such as work, then he said, you know what, boy, are you sure? Are you sure you want to ask me for some jobs? Are you sure you want me to help you out? Yes, sir, I'm sure. Yes, sir, I'm sure. Whatever it is that you have, I'll willingly, I'll gladly do it. And he said, okay, Mr. Jew, we're going to have you to go out here and we're going to feed these pigs. Now, now, now feeding the pigs, feeding the pigs is, 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 is it's, it's, a, it's a bad thing because in Jewish culture, the swine was considered an unclean animal. And so just by association, you became guilty of being unclean yourself. And so in the midst of you being unclean, you are ceremonially unclean, which meant that you were unfit. And so in his Jewish culture that was still down on the inside, this made him feel bad about his current situation. And so he's working, and he's feeding these pigs, and he's feeding these pigs, and finally his, his stomach started to, to rumble a little bit. And these pigs, they have husks, and they, some of the versions of the Bible say they got pods. But I remember being down in a town called Madison, Georgia. Madison, Georgia, down there in the country, my, my aunt and uncle, they had a, a, a pig pen across the way from their home and and so uh, my aunt she was a cooker 
and she could cook all types of things, whatever it is that you wanted, even that that you didn't think you wanted. She has a recipe for a cake that's called a 30-day cake. It takes 30 days to make this cake. And when you bite into this cake, it is well worth your time. But she was a cooker, right? And she cooked so much, she actually overcooked. It was just me, my uncle, he worked overnight, so he wasn't there for dinner. So it's just the three of us, because my cousin, there's just the three of us in the household, but I promise you, an army could have been fed off of what she cooked. And so every day, oh, by the way, she didn't like leftovers. So she didn't cook on Sunday and we ate it till Wednesday. No, there was a fresh meal ready on Monday. And so Monday morning, we had to take the slop from Sunday and go feed it to the pigs. So you go over to the pigs and that was this, this, this uh, how did dude say it in that Power Rangers movie? He said, that was an odious stench over by the pigs. And not only did they smell, not only did the mud smell, but then the, the pig pen, the, the, the trough, smelled as well. Because see, the food wasn't refrigerated once you dropped it off. And so you got this food that's beginning to smell and beginning to fester, and you're just adding to it, and the pigs don't care nothing about the fact that it's old. They just going over, and they say it's time to eat. And so they're going over there, and they're grubbing back. And so I can imagine being this boy, being hungered himself, man, all of that slop is starting to look like some collard greens, starting to look like some, some, some roast potatoes, starting to look like some potato salad. Oh, I can imagine this boy looking at this stuff and he is going to say, man, these, these pigs are eating higher than me. And so it was in that moment, the Bible says, that the boy came to himself. And when he came to himself, he remembered that his daddy had servants. And the Bible says that his servants had food left over. His servants had a roof over their heads. And so the servants were treated better than he was being treated right now. So in this coming to himself, uh, he had a bright idea. Um, I need for you to understand, I'm going to stick a pen in that right now, but when you're not serving God the way that you're ordained to, when you're not serving God in the full capacity that you are ordained to, I need for you to know that when you have strayed off the path that God has ordained for you, we are not ourselves either. Uh, we are outside of who God has ordained us to be. God made it so that we'll be a certain individual with a certain talent that have certain people that's charged onto us and then we sing the song of charge to keep our half, but we're walking away from what God has ordained for us to do because we're not ourselves but this boy had a plan to get it right and so in this plan he had to acknowledge the fact that he messed up See, he didn't leave right uh, gotta tell it like I feel it here um, see there, 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 there there's a way to leave in this situation and when you leave right, you haven't burned the bridge. When you leave right, 
you can go back across that bridge and you can talk to that same person and you can say, man, I need you to do me a favor. And they say, well, you was good here. So man, whatever you need, I'll help you. When you leave right, oh, your children and your children's children can get blessed because somebody said, you know what? I heard about your daddy and my daddy said that your daddy was a good man. My mama said that your mama was a good man or good woman and I can go for and I'm going to do for you based on the lineage of them leaving right. So the boy said, uh, uh, I didn't leave right. Because I didn't leave right, I can't come back in the same station that I left. You know, my daddy's servants, they had food, they had shelter. I saw my daddy care about his servants. So you know what? Right now, I think it'd be best if I just go back. And what am I going to say to my dad? I say, Daddy, I sinned against you, and I sinned against God. And I'm not fit to be your son no more, but, but if you just accept me on, as a servant, I'll be all right. See, he was all right because he didn't, have to, he didn't have to come back in and sit at the table as long as he was in the house. Um, I need for you to know that there's some people, I'm not talking about anybody, I don't know anybody here, I'm not even talking about my home church, but, but there's some people that only want to come into the kingdom of heaven only because they're not trying to get crowns, uh, they're not trying to be fully blessed, they're not trying to bless others, but they accept Jesus because they got fire insurance. Uh, oh, what is fire insurance? Fire insurance is I'm going to do just enough, the bare minimum, so I do not burn in hell. But God had other plans. And so the, 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 the biblical camera switches. It switches to the perspective of the father. The son has left that pig pen and he's on the way home. And by the next frame, the father is minding his own business. And his business was waiting for his son. And the Bible says that the father saw the son from afar off and he ran out to him. His heart filled with love and filled with compassion and he ran out to his boy, fell upon his neck and kissed him. But there's a few key points that we have to be aware of in this moment. It's, it, it's cultural importance. And so we need to understand the whys and the how. Okay, so the daddy, he ran off the porch. And yes, his heart was filled with love. Yes, his heart was filled with compassion for his son. And he definitely ran out to get to the boy. But the reason, the why that he was running out to the boy was because he was trying to avoid a situation and trying to protect the boy from having to go through it. You see, in Jewish culture, there is a ceremony called a kazaza. And the kazaza, K-E-Z-E-Z-A-H, is a ceremony in which a Jewish male 
has been living amongst the Gentiles and lost his fortune. And now, returning home broken and broke, he has disgraced the community. And so what they do is they will have a big clay pot and they would gain this pot out before the boy and they would drop it and smash it intentionally at his feet. And the shattered shards indicated that that severed relationship between the boy, his community, and his religion. And so they would shatter these shards and it was representative of the brokenness because you, my Jewish son, has gone out and lost your money because our mind is on our money and our money is on our mind and you don't went out here and you don't wreck the place and you've disrespected us and so you are no longer welcome here and so that's the why but here we are the father was running the father was running and he ran out to meet the boy well running for a Jewish male a grown man was inappropriate, not just for the sake of running, but see, they wore long tunics that came down to their ankles. And the tunic came down to their ankles, and it was okay if you're just strolling along. It's okay if you may need a quick sidestep. You all right if you got to do those minimal efforts. But for him to run, the way that he needed to run, he had to lift his tunic, exposing his bare legs. And it was culturally inappropriate for a Jewish male to show and expose his bare legs in public. But the father risked violation for his son's restoration. And so we have to make sure that we understand that God doesn't care anything about what folks say about you. He's got a guy called the accuser. You may know him by some other names, Beelzebub, Lucifer. You may know him by some other things, the devil, Snoofoot, Rascal. You may know him by all those names, but he is the accuser, and he's going to bring accusations against you. But Jesus came and fixed all of that, so it don't matter what the devil has to say about you. If you accept Jesus, then your sins are already covered. Amen. And so, father ran out, greeted his son, fell upon his neck, kissed him, and the boy went into his spill exactly like he promised. He said, Daddy, I, and this is what the daddy heard, wah, 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 wah. Because the daddy had his own intentions. See, the daddy had already decided a long time ago that he was going to welcome his son back into the household. What was the indicators of that? He told the servants quickly, go out and get a robe and put it on him. Get a ring and put it on his finger and get sandals for his feet. Oh, now those are some significant gifts because the ring, uh, it, it had its significance. The robe was its covering. The robe represented covering. He didn't just tell him to go get a robe. Let me backtrack. He told him to go get his best robe. 
Now, now the best robe, I'm imagining that the best robe is something that, you know, you, you, you put that thing on, you kind of fly, you, you, you sitting kind of pretty. And the best robe I can imagine was made out of velvet. It might have been royal blue or maybe even purple. But it was an extravagant piece of machinery that made it. It was an a, a extravagant piece of clothing. And so um, he said, go out and get my best robe, put it on him, which represented covering which represented inclusion. And so it was a welcoming back. It was also protection. Uh, so the boy was now protected and he was covered because if the elders of the church or the elders of the community came out with that big pot that I was talking about, thought they were going to run Kazaza on his son. No, he sees that and they're like, no, back up, buddy, because this boy is back in the household. Uh, I need for you to understand also that the ring, the ring and its significance, You've heard it said many times, maybe in a marriage ceremony. The ring is round. It has no beginning and it has no end. It is infinite, which represents the love that God has for his children. The father had this eternal love for his children. And so uh, it couldn't have been broken. Yes, the boy was out of pocket when he left, but his love didn't break him. Oh, hallelujah. God, I thank you. Because when we, we might go out and do everything that we bad enough to do. We might go out and be in a far away land ourselves, but as long as God never breaks our relationship, we might have broke our relationship with him, but he never broke his relationship with us. Hallelujah. And so the ring also was representative of the family. I believe that the father's ring wasn't just an ordinary ring because in other parts of the world, um, the king would have a ring that was a signet ring. It maybe had a family crest upon it. And so when they would send someone out as a representative for the family, then they would seal that message with the signet ring. They will melt wax and then they will put the ring in it. And because it's sealed, you are sealed and protected by this. So the messenger went out and the messenger had the authority as the king himself because he was sent by the king, authorized by the king. Now, this gave the boy back his lineage to the household, but also his authority. Um, he no longer was coming in as a servant as he intended. How do I know that? Because the daddy does down and told him look here boy uh, we're gonna put some shoes on your feet see the boy left with shoes he might have left fancy but he came back ashy uh, he might have left all good but he came out all broken and so in this restorative place uh, God or the father excuse me uh, father put shoes upon his feet because servants were shoeless and so the boy intended to come back as a servant, but the daddy said, no, you are my son. And so with all of this, there were two more gifts that really don't get talked about. Um, and the other gift was the fatted calf. Now, when I introduced the other two um, parables, I intentionally left out the party at the end of the parables. Um, there was a party when the, when, the, when the shepherd found his lost sheep. There was a party. And it says that the all of heaven celebrates 
one soul that was lost but now is found. When the woman found her coin, she threw a party that was probably more expensive than the coin that she lost, but she threw a party because all of heaven rejoices over the return of the son that was lost. <laughs> so when it came to the party, see the son had to have a fatted calf killed for him. The fatted calf, <laughs> oh man, the fatted calf, they, 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 the fatted calf is a calf like any other calf, but based on its age and based on its weight, they would set it aside. They set it aside for a special purpose, a special ceremony. And so the fatted calf wouldn't be allowed to graze in the yard the way the rest of the calf were. They were isolated in the pen so that their lack of movement would cause them to gain more weight. And so they would get fatter and the fat would make the meat more tender. The fat would make the meat taste better. And so the fatted calf was a special calf. This wasn't no dollar store uh, piece of steak that you're going to get. Uh, you ever been in Dollar Tree and you see them with a steak in the freezer? Oh man, that's crazy. I would never buy a piece of steak from the Dollar tree just don't make sense that seemed like inviting all kind of intestinal issues but they sell it anyway and so the fatted calf fatted calf was a special calf that was set aside for super special situations and so the daddy thought it okay thought it not robbery to go out here and have the fatted calf killed for the celebration of the return of his son. Now, the Bible titles this section the prodigal son. The man had two sons. And so there was another son that was out in the fields, the oldest brother. The oldest brother never went anywhere. The oldest brother never transgressed against the father. And so when he came out of the fields and he saw that this party was going on, he asked one of the servants, man, what in the world is going on? What is this celebration about? And he said, man, your brother, the one that was lost, man, he done came back home. And so he was like, what? Man, you kidding me. And so he out here mad because the daddy threw a party for his son that disrespected him, left home, wasted all of his money, and then going to come back home and he gets a party? Man, what in the world is going on? What kind of five-step foolishness is going on right here? And so the daddy heard that the son refused to come in. And so the father went out to the son. Once again, there was a son in a prodigal state and the father went out to get him restored. How do you know that he didn't, he didn't leave home? He didn't, he, he didn't take any money? He didn't, he didn't do, well remember the prodigal, the word prodigal means wasteful. And so the boy that stayed home at this moment, he had wasted all of his time mad about his brother leaving. But I believe that he was imagining what his brother was doing while he was gone. Um, I need for you to understand that when he came back, when the father came to him, he said, this son of yours, this son of yours, not my brother, but this son of yours comes back after wasting all of your fortune on harlots, prostitutes, hoes. He said, you out here going to give him a party. Now that means that he took some time to think about what this boy was doing 
while he was out here in this faraway land. And I wonder if he was praying for him or if he was mad because it was not him. Okay? And so he comes and he's in his place of upset and he's wasting his time because his service to the father is not actually genuine service to his father. He's trying to earn a party for himself. How do I know that? Because he said, Daddy, I've been here the whole time. I've been working for you. I've never transgressed against you. You ain't even gave me a small goat for me and my friends to feast on, which means that he was trying to earn his, his father's satisfaction, he was trying to earn because in, in, if you got siblings, if you got siblings, um, um, when you got children, you got children, it, it's, you know, people that don't have children, they, they play around with you and they ask you, which, which one of your kids is your favorite? <laughs> and, and we as parents, we cannot say that we have a favorite child, but we have to love them differently. But the children on the other side, they go back and forth and they tell each other, I'm the favorite. No, I'm the favorite. No, I'm the favorite. I'm the favorite because, and mama loved me because, and daddy loved me because. And so this boy said, you know what? Since my brother went out and he cut up and he left and he's wasteful and I'm getting all these reports coming back, he think nobody don't know, but I know what he's doing. And so... If he's cutting up and he's the bad child, then I should be the good child by default. And so I could get a party all the time. But daddy is not appreciating me for what I'm doing while I'm staying here. Daddy ain't appreciating me because I couldn't even get a small goat. Daddy ain't appreciating me because he never told me thank you. Daddy ain't appreciating me, but he can come up with all of these reasonings and excuses. But I can imagine the father putting his hands upon his shoulders. And he looked at the boy deep into his eyes and he said, but son, I had to. Why does he say he had to? I had to throw a party and celebrate the fact that your son, your brother has returned because it is your brother that returned, your brother that was lost but is found, your brother that was dead but is alive. And so now uh, the father is responsive or responding in the same way that the other two parables. He had to because all of heaven is rejoicing over a lost soul that's returning. So I got the responsibility to praise God for the return of my son. I need for you to understand that we can't be ho-hum when somebody accepts Jesus and walks down the aisle and said I want the Lord to be my Lord and Savior. I don't understand it. I don't know all about it but I need to praise God because I am being saved. And when they acknowledge that they've been saved, when they confess the sins with their mouth and out of the confession of their faith, they are your brother. They are your sister. And we need to celebrate. Why? Because I had to. I got the case that I can't help it. I got to praise God. But you know what? Maybe just maybe. Maybe just maybe. We're not praising God for that new brother or that new sister. 
because we have stopped praising God for our own salvation. Oh, hallelujah. Can I get some help up in here? We got to praise God. We got to remember that God saved us. Oh, it was Jesus that died on the cross on a hill called Golgotha. On Calvary's cross, he died. He gave up his life so that we could be saved. He was separated from God. Oh, he took on the sins of the whole world for all generations. And in that taking, he was separated. It said that darkness came upon him because there was a separation for the first time. Jesus was separated from God. Why? Because light and darkness have no fellowship. And so Jesus willingly did this. Willingly did this. Thought it was all right. Thought it was well with his soul because God said, I'll give up my one son so that I can gain a multitude. And we are all here in the household of faith. Why? Because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. You've been listening to the Mount on the Go podcast. If you've been enjoying the word, please consider donating to the Mount Pleasant ministry. We have various ways that you can give to the ministry to allow us to become better in our pursuit of delivering God's word to you. You can give via PayPal at mtpleasantatl.org you can give via zale info at mtpleasantatl.org you can also give via square and givelify for givelify just search for mount pleasant baptist church with our address 17 melvin avenue southeast atlanta georgia and you'll be in the right place in addition to all these options you're always welcome and invited to grab an envelope and have cash or checks sent to the church whose address is again 17 melvin avenue southeast atlanta georgia for questions, comments, and concerns, feel free to email us at info at mtpleasantatl.org. That's info at mtpleasantatl.org. You can also visit our website, www.mountpleasantatl.org, to follow us on YouTube and Facebook for the video version of the podcast. Our services are live every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you are more than welcome to visit the church in person every Sunday at the same time. Thank you so much for listening.